Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. So it is Tuesday night in Texas, and we are getting some awesome feedback. We're pushing buttons and making stuff happen. Um, it is. It should be 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, but it is 8:09 Central Standard Time that we actually get to go live here this fine evening. Uh, thanks to everybody jumping in the chat room and calling me out on how much we suck at uh, going live at 8 p.m. Um, it, it's quite interesting how many times we would love to say at 7:45 we are ready to push the button and we go to do it, and then it's like kapush, we just watch things fall apart unceremoniously. Uh, so it's quite interesting. So. For those of you who have never paid attention before, this is Seat Time. If you're watching for the first time live, or if you're listening on the archives or watching one of the videos on YouTube, we really appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, as you mentioned, as we saw there in the intro, this has definitely been brought to you by Fly Racing, uh, the guys over at Ride PG, Powersport Graphics, and uh, Stillwell Performance. Huge, huge supporters of Seat Time, and uh, we'll talk about them a little bit more as we get into the show. But if you've never looked into them before, you've thought about you know supporting the sport through supporting those guys, please think about doing that. There are discount codes you can use um, to save yourself some money because of the fact that they're such great supporters of seat time. Um, every other thing that's kind of going on, um, We this past weekend, we got to go to the GNCC Big Buck. We're going to be talking with Jared Bolton about that. It's going to be fun. Um, Bolton is, is a great asset to have a good friend of seat time. He has a lot of opinions, and he's always right in the mix of the GNCCs as they're happening, uh, being one of the track members. But what was neat is that we got to be there this past weekend because of the fact that we were part of the Arrive and Ride program through KR4. I can only it, – it's going to be a great segment to just be able to talk to you about that. We actually gave Steven a mic. I have tried to be – I've tried to give him a mic <laughs> for so long, and uh, he just – he, he – Continues to unplug it. Well, because of the fact that he had such a fantastic adventure doing the UTVs, uh, I forced him to have a mic. So he will be able to hear how that went for him as well. Now, our first guest, though, uh, even though she's on the east, uh, the West Coast, we try to keep our West Coast guest towards the end just because of the way time zones work out. But this is this is a special guest. You don't you don't get this. Yes, we'll be on the show that often, so we'll say, all right, cool, you're on first. We're having you on. Um, it's going to be uh, Miss Jenny Taft. So you guys, if, you, if you're tuning in to Suit Time, I know you watch Supercross and Motocross, and so with the new with Supercross being on Fox Sports 1 this year, she is the infield reporter. Uh, that's, what, that's the title I'm giving her right now. I'm sure there's more an official, maybe unofficial title that she has she's given herself. Uh, so we're going to find out. I don't think just about her job, but a lot more that goes on, uh, you know, with Miss Taft, if you will. So, uh, in that, I have to say, Miss Taft, how is your evening going, kind ma'am? Hello, how are you? <laughs> Great. Thanks I'm, for having me. Absolutely. So, did you find the proper angle that you feel is is going to work best? I for tried you? every angle in my apartment, and I, I. Uh, Ended up sitting in my famous brown couch that has traveled across the country with me to California when I moved. So this will have to do. It was at seat time. I had to be comfortable. Hey, here I am. Well, if you look at the logo very closely, there's a little couch in that logo I, for this I saw reason. That. So I saw that. So we definitely we we try to make sure that we uh. That I'm glad you noticed and that you just wanted to fit in. You just where's your mustache though? I, That's what I want to know where your mustache is. Well. 
hopefully I don't have a mustache, but I did tell you that I like yours. I think it's a very nice look. Um, I don't know. I just think it's kind of unique and fun. You pull it off well. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I couldn't have this mustache if it weren't for uh, Connell, uh, Jason Connell, one of the J-Day Rippas. Appreciate that guy for sticking his nose out and growing one and then uh, daring me to do it. I've done it. I love it, and I'm going to keep rocking it and keep having fun with it. So Good. we were just talking a little bit before uh, before the computer crashed, and then, of course, before uh, we, we actually did push the go button, um, how you kind of, I wouldn't say stumbled, but how you kind of came into this job and moving all the way to L.A. to take this position with Fox Sports 1 and to work your way into the, the Supercross realm. So give us a little bit of backstory on how you got into the position you are now. Well, uh, long story short, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, loved sports my whole life. I played a lot of stick and ball sports, so I actually grew up playing hockey and lacrosse and played um, lacrosse at Boston University. So I played all four years, had a scholarship there, which was really awesome, and um, really wanted to study broadcast journalism. So I think for me, I knew I couldn't be a professional athlete, and the closest next best thing was being right on the side. Right. So, um, you know, I did that and loved going to school in Boston, moved home to Minneapolis and worked at Fox Sports North for the last three years, which is the local Fox. Okay. Covered hockey and uh, gopher hockey, college hockey, basketball, twins, whatever they needed in Minnesota. And this last summer, I had an opportunity to come to Fox Sports 1, which is um, Big a time. new <laughs> national network, and it's been an amazing ride. Um, I started just doing all the updates. So, if you're up early, are you an early riser? I am now that we have our third. We just had our third child. So since she, my wife is up with uh, all the nursing that goes on through the evening with that, yeah. I'm the one that is uh, up up at earliest when the whenever the kids are either waking up early or at least ready for school. I'm the one pulling them out of bed and making stuff happen. <laughs> so that means you have to watch my updates now because oh. I know you're up. So I'm always on in the morning. I get up at 3.45 tomorrow. So that's so 5.45 all, my time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for having me on early because I'm about to go to bed. Um, and uh, I do updates throughout the week. And then on the weekends, Supercross has been just the best thing. I am loving the sport. Um, I think for me, my biggest fear was just that um, – the fans wouldn't embrace me, and it'd be hard to adjust to a new face. But I think everyone's been really supportive, and I love everything about it. I mean, I can't believe we only have two more races left um, for the season. It's flown by, and it's been great. Yeah. Um, I kind of did a little bit of digging around, and I do have to say that your blog that you used to keep up that probably was last updated in 2010 <laughs> was awesome. Um, yeah, so it was is, is that college? I tried to delete that so many times i can't figure it out it's like a blog that i made in college for class oh but because i'm this guy i'm gonna give everybody the url so it's jennytaff.blogspot.com and you can go like, see all of her videos from when she was so in college bad. and stuff it's pretty uh, it's, it's pretty entertaining it's the real beginning before before now but thank you so much i really appreciate you watching oh yeah i mean it, it's in situations like this i do try to stalk people through the internet to at least get a good backstory oh. um you know to, to to the talk to the different guests a lot of the guys that we do have on seat time you know i do have a rapport with them they're racers they're people in the industry but people like yourself or other supercross larger guests that we have on that i can't just randomly text you know on a daily <laughs> basis 
It's, uh, you it's have my good. number. We're fine. Uh-oh. Text away. This is gonna, <laughs> yeah. The first the first drunk text uh, is, is going to be like, we need to shut this down. <laughs> it could get awkward. We'll see. Yeah, I know. Um, so I wanted to know. It's. I was looking at the fact. I, I remember when you did your first riding experience. Maybe it wasn't your first, yeah. but when you you did a whole segment on it live on Fox Sports One. Well, maybe it wasn't live, but it was on Fox Sports One. Of uh, you, you go into a riding school and uh, taking the time to really, you know, I think go that extra step to not just learn to talk about the sport, but to actually go out there and do the sport and to understand it at you know at the base level. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Was there more to that, like that you, you know, that they just didn't show, you know, any really embarrassing moments or really just fantastic moments that stick out in your mind? Nothing too crazy, luckily. Um, The only thing I'd have to say is I wanted more. I mean, we were in this lesson and it was a beginner class and it was an amazing experience. We took a class in Atlanta, in Alpharetta, at the Geico Honda Center, um, and it was just a learn-to-ride school. And my instructor, April, was phenomenal, and she was just, it was a great place to start for me, but I'm on the bike. It felt really natural, I'm not going to lie. Like, I really felt like I could figure it out. I wanted, I was like, where are the whoops? Like, are we going to do a few more things here? So they didn't let me do as many things as I would have wanted. I got to go up a hill. I made it. It took a little few times. That little banked hill they had? Yeah, it was kind of a challenge. Um, but now I just want more. So I've been talking a little bit with um, Jeff Emig, who's a part of the broadcast. Yep. And I don't know. He lives in California. I might have to go out and, you know, take another lesson with him. There are so many people that have reached out to me saying that they'll take me riding. So this is just the beginning. I want to actually get a lot better at it. And I think it does help. I can actually talk to the guys about it a little bit more. I mean, obviously, I'm by no means on any kind of level. But I think... It's a respect thing for them too to see that I'm learning and I'm trying and yeah. I just I just love it. I wish I had been riding my whole life. Well, um so do you with say like Jeff Emig, you know that he's a past Supercross champion, right? Yes. Okay, so w- is there any kind of nerves that would set in on on thinking of the lessons that you would learn from someone that uh is you, well, I would say he's still legit. is really fast, but you know, <laughs> it's probably or Ricky Carmichael possibly. Yeah. I mean, Um, So can I come too to these lessons? I want to learn. (laughs) I know. I mean, the thing is for me, everyone in Supercross has really embraced me. And I think Jeff Emig is a great example. He's just, he's so successful in his racing career. And now in broadcast, I think he's been a phenomenal analyst. And uh, I think just for him to reach out and say he'd help me out and keep me learning, I think it just says a lot about this sport. It's a very... Um, family-driven sport, and I think that's uh, hopefully I've just kind of joined that Supercross family, and Jeff will be there to help me out. We'll see. Right. <laughs> so, I can't have any injuries. I was thinking though, like, what if I'm holding my microphone and then I have like a break? You know, what if yeah. I break a collarbone and then I'm locked? So I have to be careful. That was their fear. <laughs> Lots of protective gear. So yeah, would you would you were just like okay, I got this gig. I'm going into this sport that I've never done before that you you may have heard about, but probably know little to nothing about. What what, pro- what made you the most nervous? You know, going into a one with all the stuff going through your mind. I think it was just the fear of the unknown. Um, you can watch a Monster Energy Supercross race on TV or look them up online. 
there is nothing like seeing a race live. So for me, just going into A1, I think I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really know where I was going to stand. I didn't know how the guys would be. And the guys have all been great. You know, just everything. I had no idea how many times a night they wanted me to report on something. Um, and I've just tried to do my research and really build relationships with the athletes. And um, I think now the riders, um, it's just they're able to trust me that I'm not going to say something that they don't want it talked about. Or I will say something that needs to be talked about, but that's my job. Um, so I think just every week it's gotten better. I, nerves were definitely an issue when I covered hockey, for example. You know, you'd maybe have one hit pregame. You're going to interview one of the guys after the second period, and then maybe postgame you do one interview. Supercross, you could go to me 15 times if there's an injury, <laughs> right. if there's a crash, if there's, you know, who knows? It's just a con you're constantly moving, um, and you're kind of a part of it, and that's why I really have enjoyed it. How is that when you have to kind of get into those really tight situations? Like I remember – uh, when Adam C. and Cirillo, when he had his really bad injury and you know with his shoulder before surgery, yeah. um, in the live, you guys were there with your cameraman trying to get in and talk to him and stuff like that. But you could tell it was like not just not only was he not wanting to talk, but his family and his mechanic were kind of standing around him. Yeah. So in situations like that, obviously you guys knew, okay, cool, we're going to back off. But when you kind of need to get in there and really find out what's going on. How does how do you kind of just say okay I know this is rude but it just it has to be done mm -hmm. for the fact of you know of the reporting aspect of what's going on how do you kind of yeah. make that happen I think the it's just a judgment call on like if I'm if if it was me and in that situation with Adam Cianciarillo he was in tremendous pain right. I mean we knew at that point most likely his season was over. I mean, he was in that much pain. If he's if it's a broken collarbone, I mean, I'm not sorry, not collarbone. It was his shoulder was dislocated and it kept coming out. At that point, we assumed possibly he would need surgery. For me, if that's me, like I don't need to explain myself right now. Like, right. We're going to we'll be talking about it soon and um I just didn't feel it was right for me to go into that very intimate family moment. And I think us standing back and we, sh we showed what was happening and that was unfortunate. I mean, it was, it was hard to watch to see that his season was ending. And I think at that point we pulled away and we said, that's enough. And yeah. I think that's where it just has to be a judgment call. But I've had situations, for example, um, Ryan Villapoto, he was in the semi again um, last week, and I said, "Hey, Ryan, can we get a word from you?" And he's said, "No problem. Like, I want to, I want to answer what you have to say." But if any time, I always ask their permission. Mm -hmm. I'll say, can, "Are you okay to talk right now?" Like, I go up to a lot of guys at the line. It's something they want now, and I every time I before it happens, I say, "Hey, Andrew Short, can we get a quick word from you? Um, you've raced well in Seattle," and he'll say, "Absolutely, I'm." And if they don't want it, no problem. I'll ask someone else. Because it's not right to, this is their time. So I try to be as respectful as I can of who wants to talk when. Right. Yeah, and I think that that's, uh, it's good to know because it, it, not that I think that you guys are doing a bad job by any means. I don't want it to come across that way. I think it's great. It's just that you can, even through the TV, you can kind of feel that tension sometimes, you know. Uh, and so it's interesting to know y'all's perspective from from that side of it and how you guys kinda, yes. how you guys kind of look at it so that's cool to know um yeah so 
getting this Supercross gig and having all of the Monster Energy Supercross girls out there and all this other kind <laughs> of stuff, like, is there any kind of, like, battle of the women's, like... It's so not. Okay. No, I... It's funny because, like, the Monster Girls, I've gotten to know some of them, but Diana is awesome, and I've loved getting to know her. We've definitely become friends um, throughout just the season, and she just has, like, such an awesome personality, and she's just such a driven individual, and I've... Um, growing up, you know, Diana was a huge Supercross fan, so it's always kind of nice to um, just pick her brain about the lifestyle, and right. she knows so much about the sport, so for me, it's been great. Uh, it's always nice to have females around in any kind of, you know, sport, and um, we can be outnumbered in Supercross, so I'd say Diana's been a great friend so far. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's, it, I was going to, that's kind of a fun tie-in, because I wanted to know, since it is such a male-dominant sport right now, um, you know, Vicky mm -hmm. Golden just got all the credits she needs through, you know, Ricky yeah. Carmichael's uh, Road to Supercross, through the Arena Cross yeah. stuff, so she has now the ability to uh, come and try to qualify at a Supercross, which will be cool, so get some girls on the gate. Yeah. But um, how many times have you been asked out on a date since you've become... Not, not once. Really? Honestly, no, nope, not once. But is that do you know? Is, is that disheartening? Think, no, and not at all. I think I do my job professionally, and uh, I don't think anyone thinks that that's why I'm there. That's and awesome. That's the point. I mean, my job isn't there to. I mean, yeah, to be friends with them in some capacity, but to be a reporter. Yes. And I, I, it hasn't happened once, and I hope it never happens because. It's just I really, really try. I pride myself on really taking the job seriously on every single level. And I think as a female reporter in general, it's hard. Um, you can quickly be judged differently for whatever, what you wear, how you speak. If I say something wrong on Twitter in two seconds, someone will tell me I said something wrong. So you just have to be on your best behavior. And um, in this world of social media, everyone is going to call you out for whatever they need to. <laughs> whatever they deem call-outable. <laughs> I know. I, I can't wait world. to see what everyone, all your fan base says. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's... All five of them. I, you know what? I, I, it is what it is. Like, I'm new to the sport, but I love it. And as long as people know that I'm just appreciating it and trying to report on it the best I can, then that's all I can do. Absolutely. End, so. And it... Um, yeah, and I wasn't trying to be, you know, everybody gives me crap sometimes because uh, I guess the language and a lot of stuff I say. But, yeah, definitely not trying to uh, to come across as a as a, as a dick about the, uh, no, the dating like question the for sure. No, and too. Like, everyone has a girlfriend. I mean, it's not like they're not there to to flirt either. I mean, they're, they're there to do their job. Like, it just – it's not ever been anything that has been an issue. Yeah, and I think that that's awesome that it, it's uh, – we we've seen the sport grow a lot. You know, you see the times when it's been on Fox Sports Two. You know, people mm -hmm. are like, "Oh my gosh, I don't have Fox Sports Two. I can't watch." Yeah. And they're looking around for, and I'm like, "Oh my god." I mean, like, it sucks when I don't when I don't have Fox Sports Two. But I remember my dad and I. You know, we would never be able to watch Supercross earlier. You know, earlier in my life, um, yeah. and he he never was able to. He even raced a couple Supercrosses, and when he realized he didn't remember what place he got, he still had to wait like a week before results to get put out anywhere. <laughs> You know, and that yeah, kind of stuff. That's so, it's it's cool that we've got such a great 
um, great avenue now, and in, in that Fox Sports One has really uh, seemed that like kind of put us into the family, if you will. And I say us as in yeah. the, oh, yeah. the big us of the Supercross world, um, and that the sport has progressed with it. Um, I think that you know they joke a lot on the Pulp MX show uh, about '90s motocross and all the stuff that went on. Um, back oh, yeah. in the day, and so it's it's good Still to learning. know that as everything's <laughs> gotten bigger, everything has uh, kind of progressed with it, and that you know yeah. you are a professional reporter, and that you know not that people would ever treat you unprofessionally to even ask you out on a date, but that that things have gone. And hey, if it happened, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Like it's not something that would make me upset, but I just think if you put yourself in a position, you know, to just be there to do your job and do yep. the best job you can do, it's kind of uh, it's. I don't know. It's worked for me so far. Perfect. Um, so, question from the chat room. Since you're from Minnesota, yeah. are you a Dungy fan? Well, I'm just a big hockey fan. <laughs> okay. I am the biggest hockey fan ever. But no, I mean, what do you mean? Like Dungy, like Ryan Dungy. Are you a big, like... Did you say Dungy? I thought you said Dutch. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's course. okay. I, mean, I, can... I don't know what you're smoking. I didn't hear you. I'm yeah. sorry. Dungy is great. Um, I've really liked getting to know him um the fun part is we realized we grew up like 15 minutes away from each other so wow. had he gone to high school um we we would have been at rival high schools and i had, i knew friends that went to his school so kind of a small world and his fiance Lindsay, is from minnesota and she's great so i mean it's just for me it's great to see anyone from your town you know, from your state, do well, and he's makes it easy to support Dungy because he's the nicest guy around. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I whenever I get a chance to talk to him, I I enjoy it, and um, you know, he's just one of he's a great guy. But there's everyone in Supercross is awesome. I mean, I've enjoyed everyone has a story, and that's what I think is so fun about all these guys. They all have a different way they got into Supercross, and hopefully, just relaying that story to help the fans is you know what I'm trying to do. Right. Yeah. So how do we get you to the more off-road side of the sports where we go into the woods and get a little bit more dirty and there's mud? I know. I kind of – well, everyone was saying, they're like, well, maybe it'll rain in Seattle and, you know, it'll be like one of those mud races. And I've had the luckiest season so far with <laughs> yeah. weather. And I don't think anyone – they're like, well, you won't be able to handle it when it's raining. I'm like, what do you think I'm going to do, run and hide? Like, yeah. I'll embrace it. you got to just live it up. My hair's just going to be a little bit frizzier. I mean, what? Fine. That's cool. It'll be a fun look. And then, <laughs> hey, we'll get a different perspective of Jenny Taft in the trenches. But, uh, I mean, I uh, I love it. And I hope, like you mentioned in the summer season, I mean, I won't be covering it, but I definitely want to hopefully go to a few races and, you know, I'll be following it. So, you know, I feel like this sport never dies and I'd like to, you keep following it and, you know, as the seasons change and you follow what the guys are up to and... You know, Supercross will be back, I guess, before we know it. Yeah, it's weird how, like, right when it's over, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be forever. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, it's December, January. You know, it's like, Supercross. <laughs> it's so yes. crazy. Well, Did um, you go when you were in Texas, when we were in Texas? Yes, I was at the Dallas Supercross. I try to go okay, every good. year, and sometimes it's in a more of a media uh, aspect. Like, I'll go take pictures of a team, you know, or do some video work for a team or something like that. Um, but this past couple of years, it's just been really fun for my dad and I to go together and just kind of, you know, hang out. So. Oh yeah, I love Dallas. Did you uh, did you say hello to me? No, 
Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, I, I don't really get a chance to. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I'm not one of the guys that gets to be around all the cool people in the uh, in the media world. Uh, well, now we're friends, so. I know. I'm gonna be like, guys. Seriously, I'm. I have Jenny's number. I can text her, and she'll be like, <laughs> text me back, and be like, does he still have a stash? Because if he does, he's in. Yeah, that's the only way I'll know for sure. <laughs> I understand. That. I understand that. Uh, well, um, how do I find the chats? I'm trying to see how I can answer the questions with the fans. Oh, uh, so it's uh, tlk.io/seattime. I know oh. that was that was a lot. That was a lot. Tlk. Tlk.io. Io. Slash seattime. What else are they asking? Any other questions for me? Um, well, now that they know you're about to be in there, I think that they'll be able to, uh, that they'll probably come up with more. It, it's yeah. funny because sometimes the chat room is really interactive with the show, which they have been in the questions and stuff like that. And then sometimes they just talk about their past weekend, like if a lot of them were at the GNCC oh. or something like that. So it's kind of funny. I'm going to okay, tell Okay, yeah, them. I see the Dungey question. Good. Awesome. Okay, cool. This is fun. So interactive. Yeah, well, if anyone has questions, then I'm all for it. Yeah, <laughs> now we'll see what happens. Now they're all like, uh-oh. <laughs> so that, I am reading. There might have been some things that I didn't see that maybe none of us uh, <laughs> need to be seeing. Oh, so uh, that guy in the chat room, Kurt536, Kurt Palmer, really cool dude I got to meet this past weekend, 17 years old, uh, races the three-hour class in the 250B. Um I think that him, myself included, would enjoy it if you were able to make it out to a GNCC event. Now, I know that they're a little bit more on the yeah. East Coast, so if you were to be making it home to you know Minnesota anytime later this year, it would be really cool for you to be able to come out and see kind of, I guess, you know, our side of the sport. Because, you know, we're, you know, yeah. we're being off-road racers in the woods and stuff like that. You know, we probably, some of these guys will jump jumps like the guys at Supercross will, but I won't. That's just retarded. Yeah. Those are too big for me. I think I would really enjoy that stuff. I think I would really enjoy that. That'd yeah, because be it's, it's taking like what you did in Atlanta, but just having trees instead of jumps. I think it would be great. I'm totally up for it. Sweet. So now we've got to figure out, we, maybe we can get her to be a part of the Arrive and Ride program. Come out to a GNCC. Send me the details. <laughs> so um, it was interesting that you, you said that you like hockey a lot, and I did look around. Yeah. And it, your dad was actually the captain of the 76 U.S. Olympic team. He was, yeah. Wow, you did your research. Played, I'm yeah, I know. I mean, played for NA, the NHL. Um, he did, yeah. So does, is that? <coughs> excuse me. Is that love for hockey come from the fact that it probably was ingrained to you from such a young age? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, um, my dad really didn't push it on me. Um, I started as a figure skater, like everyone in Minnesota skates. It's really cold there, so it's kind of our winter activity. Um, we had a rink outside, so it was just a part of my family. My mom was actually a speed skater, so, um, just big skating family, and I think all my girlfriends were playing hockey, and that's kind of how I got into it, and now my brother plays collegiately, he plays for Colorado College, and had a pretty good year, so who knows where he'll go, and, you know, my dad, it was fun to have him as a coach, like mentor growing up, but he never was too much of an intense dad, and... I laugh now because all he talks to me about is Supercross. He's, like, totally hooked. And he came to his first race in St. Louis and had the best time ever. He couldn't get enough. He was in the pits. So I gave him a secret pass. Right. And he was like, I need to come back. He's like, I think I'm going to come to Vegas. Like, absolutely ate it up. And he'll text me 
is James Stewart going to do it tonight? Like, is he injured? You know, is his bike okay? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I'll let you know. So it's just, it's awesome that kind of my family's embraced it too, and um, it's been nice to have him watching. Okay, so now that you've, you know, as you mentioned, we're like two races away from Supercross being over. Do yes. you have a favorite brand? Not really. Okay. No. You know, I don't, I don't really have one. I mean, I guess... I think, um, I don't really think I even ha- I'm at the liberty of having a, having an opinion that's very logical because I haven't been on those bikes. I mean, I, I don't even know the specifics. I know the specifics on why different riders do different things, but I don't have a particular say yet, you know? Right. But you would know why you would choose a, a different hockey stick for like. I think I would, but I'm all about like trying it all out. So right? I think. Like a lot of these guys, who they have to get that feel mm-hmm. for it, and that's probably where I would where I would go. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, they were just talking about Josh Hill. Um, he's not going to be riding with RCH for the outdoors, yeah. and a big thing was because he said that he just couldn't really get into the groove with the bike and was having a lot of problems with starts and stuff like that. So it's interesting, you know that. that well, it's not interesting. It's awesome that you're picking up on those little tiny things. Um, I as well had some issues uh, jiving with a, a bike this past weekend. Nothing wrong with the bike, just that it had different grips, uh, and I didn't spend enough time getting the levers in the right place, and my ah. my hands just went to shit. Um, and I didn't even finish the race this past weekend because of it. Yeah, I quit. Everybody in the chat room really? make fun of me. Everybody else is gonna make fun of me. Suck it. But uh, it happens. So well, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I think. I just clicked on something. Is that you? No, that is totally you. <laughs> Someone said in the chat, said, Jenny, here you go, and I clicked on it, and I don't know what it was. I'll check later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. No, I mean, I think it's the little things, and I, you know, it'll be, like, Josh is a great guy, you know? Like, maybe it just wasn't the right fit, and who knows? So I actually had the opportunity to interview Carrie Hart last week and his wife, yes. Alicia, also known as Pink. And uh, it was pretty awesome. It was one of the coolest interviews I've ever done. It might have been the coolest. Let's be honest. It was pretty cool. So that one is going to air in the New York uh, Monster Energy Supercross show. So definitely tune in. It's It was it was an awesome experience. Oh, I bet. Um and I, I don't know how much in, how in depth you guys got into their relationship in itself. I don't know if it was mainly supercross based, but man, their relationship in itself is like just a roller coaster ride. Um, and it's yeah. pretty neat to see how it's wound up. Um, and I'm you know very obviously I think a lot of the successes that he's having and that his team is having is because of the fact that even though they did break up for a little while and were divorced, that they took the time to really work out their family life and get everything straight there. And I think a lot of that positivity because they did that shines through in how successful the team has become and has become me and mm-hmm. is, is going to you know continue to grow. So oh, absolutely. You could tell that she was supportive and um, you could just tell Carrie's passion for the team. And, you know, it's just they're a cool group. So it's it's been fun to see RCH Racing kind of do, you know, they're kind of that at that step. You know, it could be they could be that next best thing from a top 10 team to a podium team. I mean, that's kind of what they're working towards. So right. I think you'll enjoy the interview. I'm looking forward to it. So 2015, is there already like a contract talk or anything like that for you to be back? No, I mean, 
Not yet. Let's see. I hope. It'd be Man. fun to stick around. I so, agree. We'll, I, I think you've done yeah. a fantastic job. I've been thoroughly impressed. Um, so, and, and I'm just a fan of the sport at the, at the, at the most basic level. Uh, super, super big enthusiast. That's why we started doing our little show here. Um, just because we like to sit down and talk with people about what goes on in the industry and what happened at the race, and oh my gosh, did you see that takeout by who and who? Like, so. But you've been a, a yes. very huge asset, I think, to the team, and it's been a lot of fun. Now, if they just work with Ralph Shaheen a little bit, Ralph? Yeah, love I it. love Ralph. Oh, he's a great what? guy. Don't get me wrong. It's just some sometimes he's so knowledgeable though. He's a, he's a little too like I think here's my take on it. He's a little too enthusiastic and when there it just seems that right when maybe like a Jeremy McGrath or Jeff Emig or Ricky Carmichael are about to get into the really good meat of of a comment or of something that they're saying, he kind of does that overexcited, you know, um interruption into what sure. they're saying and then it just kind of loses flow and i don't know if that's because he's the main announcer and that's maybe what is his job is to kind of help keep keep everything uh moving forward with the race but it's kind of mm-hmm. like oh sometimes i'm like no what was jeff gonna say <laughs> yeah you know it's i i've never noticed that i think he does a pretty good job with the back and forth but i do think that it is um something to say about a lot of the time you know, there isn't as much time as you think for those comments. And he might, we have a few points we have to get, and he's going to kind of be taking both sides, and then we're moving on to the next race. So, but that's a good point. I mean, I can always suggest that we have longer discussions if that's something that you fans want to see. I mean, everyone's always looking to make the best show possible. Yeah, and and again, it's just like when you get into some kind of a website or somebody writes a blog post and then it's just a bunch of comment trolls and people are like, you're stupid, you need to die, like blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> sometimes it it becomes that just because of the fact that it, it picks up steam. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's all yeah. little things. Like, like, so Steve Mathis, he says a lot of stuff about how they need to innovate with the sport and change a lot of things. I totally agree, um, but at the same time, I, I kind of like, uh, I mean – What's the realistic thing that we could try to do? It's like, you know, out of a list of 10 things, what's the one thing that we could try to do, you know, that we could change? Now, if if you could see that they're making, you know, sometimes you can see when Feld is making efforts to really change things up and to try to bring innovation into the sport. And then sometimes you're kind of like, ah, oh, they're saying a lot more than they're doing. And that's when it's yeah. kind of like, you know, then, then you want to get on the Steve Mathis bandwagon and like, you know, raise some more fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, it's. I think for me, just being new to the sport, I don't have anything to base it off of. I right. mean, I watch our show, and I think it's like the best show ever, and I'm making sure all my friends are watching. And I just think if you're a Supercross fan, it's not – I mean, the racing speaks for itself. So, like, almost our commentation, like, gets in the way. It's like you just want to watch the racing. So I, I feel like we hopefully we find a good balance between between both. But, uh, I mean, I'll let you know next year if I feel like there's anything that we should do differently. Hopefully next year. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I feel like I might need to listen to you. <laughs> Don't ever feel that way. Um, <laughs> so as we start to wind it down, we're going to bring Jared Bolt on in a little bit. We're going to go through and talk about some of the new Fly Racing products they've got coming out. And, of course, we're going to announce the Pintful of Awesome Award uh, from all the social postings that you guys have used the hashtag Pintful of Awesome on. So, Ginny, um, I'll get into it after we let you go because I know you said you're going to be getting ready for bed soon and stuff like that. But so we use the hashtag pintful of awesome 
for social postings of awesomeness. Um, okay. Again, does not need to be riding related, but of course that helps in the whole scheme of things because that's kind of the side of the sport that we're you know the sport that we're in. So while you're at the next two rounds after the little bit of break here, um, you should go ahead and use that hashtag pintful of awesome so that way we could okay have that Good to su- know. submitted into our award bank all right i will remember that hashtag thank all right. you good well cool well we're gonna have our a winner to announce so Ginny, you're gonna go spend a year and become the best dirt bike racer rider slash racer that you know how and you're like ah, oh, i'm ready to go to supercross i want to race which team would you be the most stoked for as of right now when you're getting ready to start this new career to race for? I'm racing on a team? Yeah. So, like, which team would just be like, wow, yes, I got it, the spot. It's so hard to decide. I don't even know if I can decide. Truthfully, because I've gotten to know, every like, different people in each group that I'm so impressed by that it would be really hard for me to pick. Well, think about it like, you know, as an athlete, you kind of know your weaknesses and your strengths. Like maybe you're really, really good at self-motivation, but at the same time, <laughs> your, your dieting sucks. So you needed a good nutritionist. Like, you know, those, those weird little things that you being behind the scenes probably notice that some teams have better of this where they're maybe lacking yeah. a little bit of this. So is there any of that that you've seen where you feel that you as an athlete, knowing that you're going to react the same being an athlete in dirt biking or an athlete in hockey or an athlete, you know, in lacrosse that might foster you to make you that much better. Yeah. You know, I think I've thought it's our one thing about supercross that I think is fascinating is that fitness level. And just these guys are training 24 seven. They're in the best shape. I would put them against any athlete. I mean, they're just in top performance shape. So I think training with some of their trainers would be kind of the best way to tell the differences in programs. Like Alden trains, you know, Villapoto and look at his success. And he's working with Cian Cirillo and um, Ken Roxon. And then um, there's a guy named Rob Beams who's working with Ryan Dungey. And I think he's really had a great fitness season. Like I just think it'd be interesting to try their workouts and then see. But I truly don't know if I could pick a team right now. That's so hard. I like I like all the teams. Well, if you had a favorite color bike, what would, what would you, what's your favorite color? <laughs> so what would it be? My favorite color is orange. Woohoo! So uh, there you go. Okay. Orange. Well, at least I'm, my own. Team. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I ride KTM's. Not that I feel like you have to like ride a KTM and bleed orange for sure, but yeah. It's pretty awesome that you do. Well, cool. Well, where can people find you and get in touch with you if they want to, you know, tweet you or just randomly yeah. shout out and all that I'm, kinds of fun stuff? Of course. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I'm all about Twitter. Uh, Jenny Taft is my Twitter name. And, like, I try to respond to everyone, like, as much as I can. I just think it's a fun way to get to know the fans. So Twitter is easy. And then I'm going to make kind of a Facebook page soon. I haven't made it. I'm, like, in the process of making a Jenny Taft reporter Facebook page. So, be on the lookout for that, and uh, I'm going to delete that blog immediately, so thank you for finding nope. that. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Wayback Machine and save a copy of it and just keep no, you posting it. No, it's like, it as I you don't understand. It. I must have made it with an old email address, because every time I try to go on and get rid of it, it's like, oh, that name is not found, and it just lives on. Well, you're welcome. But I did some pretty good stories <laughs> back then. <laughs> 
it's funny. I'm actually. I'll probably have to. I'm working on a reel right now uh, for some of my broadcasting stuff that I've done this yeah. like, last year and this year. So I may have to uh, hit you up and uh, and get some advice and some tips. Well, I think you should send me your stuff. All right, I like it. I dig it. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show. You have done a fantastic job this year. Um, I hope that somebody at Fox Sports One watches this and is like, "Oh my God, we haven't sent Ginny a contract yet for 2015." Get it out there because I would love to see you back as part of the team. You've done a phenomenal job learning the sport and I think becoming part of the family. So it's been awesome and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we will see and hopefully it'll be. Uh, I'll be hanging around for longer. It's been fun. Dig it. Well, you sleep well. And uh, what time is your show Tomorrow. going? So Fox Sports 1. Uh-huh. And I come on in the mornings from 6 to 10 in the morning, California time. That's so 8, 8 for o'clock for okay. you, right. 8 a.m. And I come on basically every half hour with, like, updates, sports updates, things that are breaking news, whatever's happening. So tune in. So tomorrow morning, can you, like, breaking news, Ginny Taff was on seat time. I wish I could, but it probably wouldn't fall into the priority list yet, yet? but I can see what I can do. All right, good. Well, uh, we want to make sure that you uh, you, you definitely uh, you know help us out as much as you can here. Oh, yeah. Let me know. I mean, however I can help you guys and send me your stuff for Absolutely. sure. I'd love to see it. Just, if anyone has any questions for me, I'll definitely shoot them my way, and this year's been a blast, so so far so good. Heck yeah. Well, thank you very much for all you've done, and we will definitely uh, have you on again. All right. Talk soon. Uh, Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. Awesome. So, Ginny is a super cool lady. I'm so, so (laughs) thankful that we were able to have her on. I better get off. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye, Ginny. Um, So, uh, I I think it's interesting because she's just, her personality is exactly the same um, as what you see during Supercross. She's just, she really does, she, she loves athletics and, and sports in general. And uh, you can tell that she really dug in deep when it came to Supercross. She learned about the sport, continuing to, you know, wants to keep learning to feed that, feed the bug. And uh, I think it would be really cool if she gets another gig for 2015. I'd love to see that some mo. So, Obviously, huge supporter of Seat Time is our good friends over at Fly Racing. Um, you know that they are a big supporter of the Pintful of Awesome Award, um, as as well as lots and lots of off-road series, off-road racers, big supporters of guys in the Supercross and Motocross world. We see guys like Andrew Short and Trey Kennard, obviously wearing uh, a lot of their stuff, signature helmets, things of that, things of that nature. But uh, one of the things that they uh, just came out with, they just released for 2014, is their Freestone mountain bike helmet. So that is the award that they wanted to give away for the Pintful of Awesome Award this week. Um, and I figure, I instead of just talking to you about the product, I think a good way to do it is in the future we're going to start hooking this up. But what you can do is you go to flyracing.com. And with this, it comes up, ooh, and you look at the top in the nav, mountain bike. You go to helmets, and then you can see the helmets. And the one that should load at the top is the Freestone helmet. Um, and the winner gets to choose their color. Now, because it's seat time, I obviously would recommend the red and white one. So that way it's seat time colors, and you can tell everybody, oh, look how awesome it looks. It looks just like seat time stuff. So that's what I would suggest. So here are some of the notes that I took away from the Pineful of Awesome Award. Honorable mentions, uh, KCT. Uh, I don't know why, but I just really like this pick. It was super fast and super fun. I think it was a, a Torx race that you were at. Um, it just looked like a really cool picture. It looked like you were just out there ripping it on your dirt bike, and I really enjoyed it. So thank you for submission. Almost, dude. Almost. Keep it up. Keep it up. Uh, another honorable mention is B. Williams 524. Uh, shredding the gnar on the mountain bike. 
Um, I loved it because it kind of reminded me of some of the stuff when I first started racing downhill and free ride was getting big. You're like, man, check out this gnarly drop. And you're like, oh, it's so big. And it's like a foot tall and there's just a bunch of rocks around and stuff. But hey, I know. No, it was just an inch long. That's what she said. Um, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the winner, though, the winner of this week's Pine Full of Awesome Award is the owner of this jersey. Justin Sode. Um, so, uh, at J Sode 189 um, in, uh, on Instagram, he had used the hashtag Pintful of Awesome on a video uh, that was supposed to be either himself or his friend, I think it was his friend, acting as though he was the Cody Webb uh, and failed miserably. So, I think Steven's got that pulled up, ready to show. Yes, so uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Keep going. Remember, if you guys don't keep tagging stuff, then we don't get to keep doing this. You know, uh, guys at Fly are super awesome about giving away some free products to all of the good fans of Seat Time. Um, you just got to keep going with the tagging all your fun stuff. So we really appreciate it. Um, it was fun having Ginny Taft on. She seems like a really cool chick. Um, and in the background, for those of you who have no idea what that noise is, that is the bolt-on. Do you have Chester with you? Uh, do not. No? He's in the garage. He's hanging out. Yeah, he's just doing his thing, being all in the cubby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, you know, we were on with Ginny for a little bit longer than I thought we would be. I didn't know how it was going to go, but she was really receptive, and so it just kind of stayed on for a little bit. So thank you for kind of hanging out and uh, being ready to come on. We really appreciate it, man. So uh, when did you get back from Big Buck? How was uh, cleanup for you guys? Uh, I've been back for about 24 hours now. Uh, no, it's actually longer than that. Uh, and actually everything, everything cleaned up really well. Uh, that one, obviously with the hill climb, everybody likes to go watch that. Uh, you can put trash boxes out, but there's still people that don't use them. (laughs) So, uh, there's plenty, there was a little bit of trash to pick up off the ground. But other than that, uh, as far as pulling arrows and all of that, everything went really quick. And I think I pulled out of there about... About five o'clock yesterday, so it's not bad. And then, what's your what was your drive time for Big Buck? Oh man, it's so far. It's a, it's a whole like two and a half hours for me. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's tough, but uh, you know, that was two and a half hours. Uh, Steel Creek was man, it's like fifty minutes. You know, so it's been really tough the past few races on the drive times for me. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. No Starbucks tonight, though, right? No, I, I'm at home. <laughs> awesome. So what, what, did you, what did you think of Ginny being on the show? I know you were in the chat uh, room, so I figured you were watching for a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. I was actually uh, I was actually very impressed that you were able to get her on here. Uh, I was as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But as she said, she's like, I'm very responsive on Twitter. Um, and she was. We just asked her on Twitter, and she hit us back, and she was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And so then we, uh, you know, once then we were able to, you know, send her a direct message, and she was totally into it. So there you go. It was pretty cool. Very, very nice of her to do that. I don't, for us. I don't know if you should have, I don't know if you should have really explained that for her sake, because now somebody might ask for something else. Well, that's true. Like you, what are you going to ask her? <laughs> I'm too polite for that. No, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. in person, in person. So. 
Um, I know we got to see each other, unfortunately, very shortly this past weekend, which is never fun for either of us. And normally, normally when we're in the same town, we like to hang out and be very, very, very close, if you will. But we were there enjoying our KR4 Arrive and Ride experience where Steven got to partake in the UTV racing and I was able to partake in the morning race in the Sportsman A class where I got my ass handed to me handedly. But, and then you were just on trail crew, you know, doing what you do and then video and such. So, you you know, that's awesome. But I wanted to know from all of us, and I will start with you, Bolton, what was your, the coolest experience of the weekend? Uh, I've got a few experiences that I don't want to share due to them being uh, sort of, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. There's nothing... Nothing uh, illegal that I did, but it was um, there were police involved with a couple of incidences. Those were fairly interesting, but uh, oh, is this nothing, the stuff that nothing. you were telling me about, Stephen? Yeah. I th- I think so. Yeah. Can Probably. I can I can I, can I talk Possibly. about it? Can I talk about it? Possibly. Go for it. Uh, well, this is like what when the four wheelers got stolen and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Cops getting called and all that good time. Yeah, so that was that was that was kind of some of the more interesting stuff that happened. But as far as the actual what we expect out of a GNCC, um, you know, there's not really anything that stands out of my mind as being better than other. It was just it was actually just a really great weekend of racing, and any time that you can go and just have a full weekend of uh, nice dry GNCC racing, it's pretty good. Um, Stephen. Best experience of the weekend? Uh, the race. Okay. Yeah. Ripping through the woods in a UTV. It, it doesn't get better than that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I bet you that was awesome. Well, okay. It could have got better. If, if you hadn't have crapped your driving. pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what I want to know is how did you like that uh, that road that you went down through the woods? Like, you had to have been doing probably sixty or sixty-five yeah. down that road. Yeah, screaming through those woods. <laughs> that, that was were, the butt poker road. <laughs> but but I mean, as it was the rough sections that that just beat you up so much. So that that road through there, screaming like 65, 70 miles an hour, is it's the time to relax if you're a co-pilot. Oh my gosh, man. I, no. I I was very jealous of Steven. Like I want if I wasn't filming, I would have I would have wanted to be in one of those UTVs so bad. It was so freaking cool that Steven was able to do that. Um so for me, my best my most exciting whatever part of the weekend for me was lining up on that line and getting fifth uh coming you know, getting fifth off the line. Um that was intense. That was a seriously retarded, crazy start and it was fantastic. It was so cool. I kind of was a little, I was kind of in the, somewhere between 5th and 10th, you know, with all those guys into that first 180, but then I was able to just kind of like zig a little to the outside and just hammer down and pass a bunch of them and then kind of rub the guy to the inside to get 5th, um, kind of into that hole shot area. And it was really cool, and then it was intense. I mean, so for those of you guys who have never raced a GNCC and there's a lot of people that have opinions out there about GNCCs that they're too wide, they're they're not they're too fast, all those kinds of stuff. 
I can tell you right now, because I was one of them, the only reason that those opinions exist is because those people haven't raced the GNCC. When the first mile and a half was fast and open, and I think it's specifically to do that to kind of break up everybody. So the super fast guys that are going to be good in the fields can kind of break out, and that once you hit the woods, people can start to catch up, but you're a little bit more uh, spaced out. Well, we had already started to catch some of the older dudes uh, in the, the row in front of us by the time we hit the woods. And about a mile into the woods, some of the super fast guys from behind us were starting to already mingle into our line. So, dude, it was a free-for-all. I mean, it was so chaotic. I've never, ever experienced a cross-country race like that. Obviously not an enduro because enduros, it's just not going to happen. But, oh, my gosh, it was so freaking cool. I mean, I want to do another one so damn bad. Um, and, I, you know, it was... It just wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the guys at KR4 and their Arrive and Ride program. So it, this this is not an ad. They did not pay us for this. This is completely about our experience. It was awesome. If you guys have never done a GNCC and don't have the money to travel and want to be able to fly in and experience a GNCC event, this is the way to do it. Um, you know, There are other programs out there. We have not done them. We did the KR4 Arrive and Ride adventure, and it was fantastic. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. Ditto. And see, unfortunately, Bolton is just on the GNCC Arrive and Ride adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's Arrive and Ride Around on a Quad and Stand Up Arrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then pull you out when you break down. Yeah. Man, and it's funny, too, because you could go, we'd go by, I think I... I I uh about two about halfway through my third lap is where my hands I mean just shit the bed the blisters were horrible I was trying to hold on started making stupid mistakes because I was either whiskly throttling it trying to hold on different or missing clutches and stuff it was pathetic on my part to say the least yes baby hands for sure but it's funny watching you come by and guys are just sitting on their bike and you see them like lap after lap because they're you know they're waiting by their bike like they're supposed to for you guys to come pull them out but it was just like oh that so sucks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I always like every, every time I pull up, I always ask them what happened. Uh, not not just because, not just because it tries to. I'm trying to make them feel a little bit better, but I, honestly, I want to know. And every now and then, it's something that I can fix or get somebody to fix it. So it kind of works out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, I don't know how many people actually were watching the webcast, but it was neat that I got a chance to go in and uh, and kind of get on the Racer TV webcast. It was a lot of fun. Um, I feel like I did actually a little bit better than I expected to. I was expecting to be a little bit more nervous. Um, it it's interesting because you know that they have their they have their like system set the way that everything kind of works and for them to work me in is, is is a little bit extra work for them. So obviously, big thanks for letting them let me come on in, but. Uh, it's interesting how you have to interject yourself, and I don't know if it's that way for guests, you know, and other people that come on the show and help co-host and stuff like that. And if it is, I apologize because it is. It's kind of tough to know how to how and when to interject, um, you know, when somebody's in the groove, but you still got a point to get across. Um, got a lot of tweets and pictures and all kinds of stuff. Oh, look at Woody B. Pierce on the on the webcast. So that was really cool. I appreciate everybody uh, giving me shout-outs because it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. And I definitely hope that if we do get to make another GNCC this year that they will uh, be kind enough to let me back in for a little bit because it was a lot of fun. Um, Bolton, if you, you just do – when you're not doing tra- track stuff, you're filming, right? You don't ever get a chance to make it in for the webcast? Yeah, it's 
pretty much pretty much the way it works. Um, what I've learned is apparently I'm considered to be too good at operating a camera. So therefore, they want me to operate the camera. So um, basically, the way a GNTC race day works for me is I'm at the track before 7 o'clock. Uh, I'll go out, and there's me and one other guy that sets up the checkpoints, and then I basically just kind of spend the youth and morning races doing kind of whatever, towing people, fixing the track here and there, yeah, just kind of whatever. And then I'll film the afternoon race for the live feed. Sometimes, depending on you know if there's some sort of technical issue, I may get thrown off of the actual true live camera, and I'll be I'll basically just kind of roam around and shoot to a card and bring the card back for them right. to play. That's because out of the guys that do it, I'm the one that knows the whole track and knows how to get from place to place. So that's kind of where it's an advantage of me basically doing essentially two jobs in a weekend. Right. <laughs> Two jobs, two jobs, it's actually about, like, 15 different jobs, really. Right. Oh, my gosh. So, I wanted to know, Stephen, I don't think a lot of people, I know I didn't, there's a lot more that goes into the UTV side of racing than, than I expected, um, so I kind of wanted to get you to give a little bit more of an explanation of the process of what you went through with the KR4 guys um, to kind of get prepped on getting in this quad to be a passenger. I mean, you put on a fireproof suit. There's a lot of stuff that you guys went through, so I kind of wanted everybody to get a chance to, to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, with it being basically a car, you've got to have fire suits, helmets. Five-point harness. Five-point. Well, four-point. Oh, four-point four point or five-point. Okay. But So you could be really safe or kind of safe. Yeah. <laughs> four-points are just easier to get out of if you, if you roll. are rolled over. So, I mean, other than that, the things you have to have, I believe, are doors, nets, fire extinguishers. Uh, other than that, you can race with a pretty stock UTV if you wanted to. Yeah, move but, the radiator. But <laughs> after being in that machine, I no. You don't stock ever ma- want to stock pay. machine. Ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was intense, man. Those things sounded awesome. I mean, it was that whole rape date mentality, or that was like that was what I heard when those things started up yeah. and went off the line. It was pretty damn serious. So I can only imagine being in that thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> then it was that, that much yeah. crazier. Now that was actually uh, for that race. I actually did it like I was mentioning before, how I ride around and shoot to the card and bring the card back for them to play. Yeah. I did that for my bike, and actually I went and got on my bike, and I kind of rode over by the start, as they, like right as the national anthem started, and I was, I was like, well, I think the easiest thing for me to do is basically just ride the track until I find a good spot. So I jumped on the track and started riding, and I got to ride right around a spot where I wanted to stop, and one of the other TV guys was already there. So I kept going a little bit further, and I'm like, okay, this looks like a good spot, and I rolled up on the live the, the spot that they were shooting live. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crap, I can't stop here. So I kept going, and by that time, like, they had already started. You're like, I'm so getting I'm run like, down. <laughs> I'm going down that, that road that we were talking about before. I'm going down that road, and I'm, like, looking over my shoulder, looking over my shoulder. I'm like, oh, God, I hope they're not coming. <laughs> yeah, I, like, rewatched uh, the the broadcast today while I was at work and saw you riding the bike through the middle of the track. 
as UTVs are going, it's like, well, there, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> That's our bolt-on. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there, now there were a few places where, like I went down that long road a couple of times, but I'd actually ride the the track that the quads and the bikes were on. Because that we we use that when the when the UTV race isn't going on, that's our tow road. We use that to get in and out to tow people. But I I did the opposite. Since the UTVs are racing on that, I was using the main trail as my my way to get back and forth. So it was actually really cool because they had started dozing that that section of the track while the UTV race was going on. So I was just blasting through there on this like freshly dozed track, just. <laughs> Burning lines into it. Oh, you're such a cool guy, Bolton. Yay! Um, I wanted to give uh, I wanted to give Bolton a chance to talk about any of the new promotions that are going on because of the fact that, as you guys know, one of our big, huge supporters of Seat Time is the guys over at Power Sport Graphics, known as Ride PG, where you can find them at RidePG.com. Um, you know, they do a, a, a lot of awesome stuff with graphics, so you can go to their website and see all the stock graphic kits they have. And if something stock doesn't do it for you, you need to get logos added on You can have logos added to it. Or maybe you want to do something fully custom. All of those things are options that you can do. They do vehicle wraps. They do fun stickers. I know Bolton has a cart- caricature of himself, and he got, he printed those up so that uh, you got, everybody can have those. I mean, they can really do a lot for you guys. And they also now have a full-service shop, as I well believe. So... Sounds like you can get a lot of stuff from those guys, so they're huge supporters of Sea Time. But what kind of big promotion do you guys have going on right now? Um, actually, I have not been in the office since last Wednesday, so so I've been I've been missing out on a lot. But uh, right now, there's not anything like certainly specific. But I always say, if you come to me. Tell me you that you saw it here. I'm gonna set you up with some sort of deal. You will not pay full retail if you come to me and say, "Hey, I saw you on seat time. What can you do for me?" Besides a handy, I'll even give you a discount. Besides that, I will not do that. I apologize. <laughs> He's like, I'm a lot lizard on my Saturday um, nights. Unless your name is Rob Mitchell. <laughs> what was it? Uh, what's your 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 alter ego? What is it? Something almond. Leonard Allman. Leonard Allman, yeah. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Maybe Allman can do it. He could, but he's like full-blown redneck, so... He don't like none of that! <laughs> Sweet! Um... I was thoroughly enjoyed with the racing action that we got to see. So the XC1 race was fantastic to watch up until the last two laps because at that point where what we thought we were going to see check out Charlie check out we actually saw catch up Caleb catch up and then check out Um, for a while there Mullins was on him Um, but then reading the press release I didn't get a chance to talk with Mullins but reading the press release it sounds like he wound up kind of getting in with a lapper Um, because of that he hit his hand he kind of uh, got one of his hands into a tree and obviously that kind of slowed him down a little bit it was kind of sore um, and it was he wasn't able to just punch it back into full speed to try to catch and reel in Caleb. Um, Josh Strang as well said that he was having some issues and he tried to reel everybody back in. Uh, was starting to catch up, but because he spent so much uh, catching up to everybody, that he kind of kind of gassed himself out. So once he did catch everybody, he really didn't have anything left in the tank to to make a final move. Um, 
Watching those guys in the woods, though, is insane. Videos do not do it justice. If there is any re- any other reason besides how cool it was to race the GNTC, another reason, if you haven't been, is to go and watch these guys race. Yes, it is very difficult to work around a 12-mile track. Um, you do kind of have to say, all right, I'm going to go see him here and see him here. You, you need to have some kind of a plan so you get to see some of the cool bits. Um, but, man, it is so worth it. It is so, so insane how fast those guys are going. Um, Andrew DeLong looked really good this weekend. Uh, got it fourth place this, this uh, and Big Buck. He has started to pick things up. I don't know if it's bike, uh, a lot of adjustments with the bike. He's starting to settle in with the team. Um, I do know that they've changed a lot on that Husky. Um, he actually had a dry break on his uh, tank this past weekend. For those of you who don't know, there was some controversy because of the fact that the KT, or the Husk, the Husk, <laughs> the Husaberg, the Husqvarna tanks uh, can't fit a dry brake. Um, the, well, the the ones in the States anyway, the ones from Europe can. So when he couldn't get one from Europe, they were running a KTM tank because they fit with a dry brake. Hus- uh, Husqvarna found out about that. That had to stop. And then so now they've gotten Husqvarna tanks from Europe in the States because a dry brake will fit on that. And that is how he's able to get a dry brake on his tank. So that's a long-winded way to say that he now has dry brake and doesn't have to spend 30 seconds to pit. Bolton, what do you so, think was the big factor for so many people having rear shock issues? Uh, it was rough. <laughs> yes. It was, it was very... It was it was very very rough, and I don't I'm you know I'm honestly I'm not a hundred percent sure what made it so rough. Um, I mean, yes, we've that this was we've raced there for a long time. We raced there since 1997. It's like 18 but, years or something. Yeah, but there's uh there's quite a bit of there was quite a bit of fresh trail, quite a bit of trail we hadn't used in a long time. So uh, I don't know if it was just. I, I don't know if it, it had rained earlier in the week and dried out a lot. I, I mean, I don't know if somehow that had some sort of effect on it or what. But uh, it, it got I, – I just know it got really rough. Yeah. No, it was – what I thought was interesting, which was really neat, is like the first five to six miles of the track was open, flowy. Um, when you were in the woods, it, was, it, was, it wasn't super gnar. But then it was when you start getting past that, you get to the six, the seven, eight mile, and nine and ten, up to about nine – is where that flowiness, you kind of lost a little bit of that flowiness. You got a tad bit more elevation, but roots were just everywhere. I mean, it was insane. Um, all the dirt was just getting pulled out from all these roots. So even these exposed roots just became more and more exposed. They lost all their skin, all the bark. And so they became super, super slick. And they just saying maybe it rained or something because, like, you could see moisture kind of coming up in these areas. So you'd come trying to just blaze across this, you know, this layer of roots and it was just oh so slick then you hit the tight nasty stuff at mile 10 um, and then kind of get into some fields there at the end i thought the it was interesting how in our race uh the tight stuff i mean it really almost looked like barely anybody had gone through there like i I guess because it was so tight people weren't like blipping around and everything but yeah that that tight section the youth went through it and you know there's not there's not a ton of them, and the race is a bit shorter, so it wasn't super burnt in. Then you guys rode it. You were pretty, you were pretty close to the front, so the first couple of laps there wasn't much to, to blow it off. 
and that is it's actually a fairly tight section so it stayed fairly covered up and there were a lot of pine needles in there before yes. i wrote it i wrote it thursday and i wrote it again on friday on the bike and i've got two tires that are excellent and by excellent i mean um they're like chunking knobs off <laughs> they're slicks. and uh that was that was actually very interesting to ride those pine needles with those tires. Yeah, I bet. So yeah, and the tight section that we were talking about is actually it's like tight. It's not like and oh, it's, it's not it's, sing, it's not it's single track. I mean, it was like it was tight single track. It was it was a lot cool. of that. Fun. A lot of that's been there for several years, but some of that is also some of that. Though actually, that's a lot of the stuff that they used for last year's Little Brown Jug Enduro. Mm. Which will be a national this year. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. So, like I said, um, that first, when you first went into that tight section, the first tight part of it was brand new two years ago. So, it hasn't, It's it's been ran, it was ran in 2012, it was ran last year, and it was ran for the Enduro last year. So, it's only been written three times, but it was, it's like, it's a rot through it. Yeah, it's a true. It is a true single track section. Yeah, and it was it was cool. It was a neat section that they had in there. Um, a good way to break it up. If you uh, were watching the webcast right when they came through the pro pits for the first time, I was in there talking with everybody, and they were like, "Oh, well, look how everybody's all together," and nobody mentioned where they had just come from. And I was like, "Well, guys, the reason why they're all together is because they just came through the tightest section of the track, so everybody can go with about the same speed." But they all could catch up to each other. There was no place to pass. Like you just, there were no other lines. So it's like that's why you know you pretty much had all the XC1 guys together coming through the pro pits on that uh, on that first lap. And they kind of looked at me and were like, "Oh, good job, nice observation." But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't raced the race. So it was cool. It was a lot of fun. It was neat. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other uh, big big uh, standouts that I was uh, from the weekend when it came down to the the, the afternoon race. Um, you know, before when you were mentioning how the track kind of changed as you went through the mileage, yeah, it's it's actually really interesting how that property is. Um, would have been one, two, three, four, five. That whole side, the the woods are kind of the woods are kind of they're a little bit thicker over there. And then when you get back around, you get to the six. When you got to the six. You kind of went into what used to be what was clear cut, probably. I want to say probably about ten years ago. So it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of really small pine trees in there. Yeah. But it's also it's also kind of open. And then you come out onto a really wide logging road for just a short little bit. That's when you hit the seven. Yep. And you crossed over. You crossed over that wide road that the UTVs went down. When you get over in there, it's like a completely different piece. It's it looks like a completely different track. That's when it gets into a lot. There's a lot of ravines. There's a lot of the the tr the woods are just the trees are spaced a whole lot further apart when you get over there. And that was seven, eight, nine, ten, and when you got to the ten, that's when you hit the tight pines again. You got into the single track again. Yep. So really, that whole place it's like it's almost like three different pieces of property in one. It's really it's a really unique place, and I think that's I think that's why people like it so good. It's there's a good mix there. If I could, if I could uh, make a GNCC once a year, that, that so far is definitely one of them. Like I mean, that was epic. 
it was yeah. so much fun. And it was cool to like be able to race in the morning race knowing that I was probably going to have the best the track was going to look all day. You know. And while I'm no, I mean, you know, I'm no Caleb Russell or stepping to the side that I work on. I'm no Barry Hawk, I'm no Jeff Russell, but I am a racer and I can tell you that's one of my favorite places. That one that one and the Iron Man are two of my favorites. Um, yeah, and so, Iron Man is one of the ones that somebody was saying that we should try to make um, a little bit later on this year. Oh yeah, it's it's worth it. It's more it's more than worth the trip. Very cool. Very. Uh, somebody had a question for you in the chat room. I think this is a good question. Uh, B Williams five twenty four. He wanted to know uh, who are Bolton's all time American Mount Rushmore of off road motorcycle racing. So, oh wow! Yeah, I know. I was like, "Yeah, good luck." I couldn't. I, I honestly probably couldn't do that. That's tough. Oh wow! Well, well, <laughs> I, I know. I know people probably want to make fun fun of me for this a little bit since uh, since I hang out with them so much. Because it's easy I, to make I, fun I, of you. I'd really have to put Barry Hawk on there. Granted, he only won one GNCC championship on the bike, but the guy got one. Seven on a quad, then move to the bike and one. I mean, nobody, nobody else has been able to do that. So, uh, I mean, in off road racing as a whole, I'd have to, I'd have to put him on there. And I think, I mean, I uh, gotta go with the with the obvious ones here. Mike Lafferty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy. Not only has he won all the national enduro titles, he has. He's also. He's also won quite a few GNCC overalls. Never won a championship, but he's won some overalls. So, uh, so Barry Lafferty, man, that's that's it's really hard. And really, then you have to look at like Dick Burleson too, eight-time national enduro champion. And what, what about Malcolm Smith? Would he be on there, or is he like too much of a West Coast guy for you? Well. Realistically, you could make oh, yeah, you could really do like an East Coast and a West Coast Mount off road Mount Rushmore. Well, out west you could do like you could do Malcolm. I'd put Destry on there. Obviously, you got to put Kurt on there. Yep. And then a fourth one's really hard from the West Coast. There's so many. There's been so many solid guys over the years. It'd be it, I don't I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to think way too long on that one. I know it's tough. It's tough. But East Coast, like I said, one more. I'm trying to think of one more I'd pick from the well, Rodney Smith, Rodney Smith or Scott Summers, and R- Randy Hawkins too would maybe. Yeah, Randy. Randy would be a great one too. I mean, Randy's done so much not just as a racer but as a team manager too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. There's there's so many guys to choose from that it really it's almost impossible to pick just four guys, really, four or five. What about me? Would you put me on there? I don't know, probably not. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> You're not gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> um the X E two racing was actually uh kinda changed up a little bit. We saw Ricky Russell out in front. Um but unfortunately he kinda lost it there at the end. Grant Baylor got around him. And uh, actually got the win, but with Ricky Russell, he was leading for a really long time in the XE2. Um, he did the same thing at the Big Sky race. Big Sky was three hours long. 
Um, and he was uh, actually up front for a really long time. I don't know. He wasn't leading the leading, but he was up front competing with everybody, um, you know, behind Charlie Mullins and all that stuff. And then he kind of, like, hit a wall um, and kind of lost it. And I, I didn't get a chance to talk with him, but I don't know if that's the case or not, if he had some issues with anybody uh, with lappers or anything like that. But it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to carry that through because I know he would have loved to have had that Desert 100 win last weekend and come come back with a, a, an XC2 win here. Uh, and then Trevor Bollinger in third. Um, this guy was super disappointed with his uh, place, but that's just because I think he's won now and he knows he can win. Um, and he wants to win all the time, and that's good motivation for him. So what do you think about how uh, Trevor Bollinger did? Man, you know, I've, I've known Trevor for quite a number of years. And what's, what's really what's – really, uh, what I think is really unique about Trevor is he grew up – he grew up with a motocross track in his backyard. It's just up the road in the hour, an hour from here, other side of Morganton, North Carolina, opposite side of Steel, opposite side of town from Steel Creek. Uh, it's kind of like a, almost like a legendary track on this end of North Carolina, Silver Creek Motocross. He grew up there, his family, family owned it, but he never, he never really raced a whole lot until like, I think the first time I really, I can really remember him would have been like 2000, 2008 or so. Um, and he did... He was doing really well. 2008, 2009, he did really well in like the one of the C classes in the North Carolina series, and was actually like winning overalls in their C race. And then he's just kind of he's kind of progressed from there, and then had a couple of years where he had some back to back injuries. But it really it makes me wonder if he wouldn't have had those injuries, like how much further ahead he would be now. Right. Like he probably would have been. If it would have been for the injuries, we would. I, I think we would have seen him doing what he's doing now in XC2 probably a year or two years ago. Yeah, because it was 2011 and 2012 when he had all the injuries. Um, exactly. I, I remember yeah. that, yeah, from when we were chatting with him on the show. Um, man, I, I think it's really impressive what he's doing, you know, and, and he knew that he's like, all right, well, la- like last year when he was doing the four-stroke A, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to do the first couple rounds because they're close. Didn't expect to do as well as he did, and then he kind of like was able to to find the money he put together for a program. Um, and I think it sounds like it's kind of the same thing this year. You know, he was supposed to kind of be on a team that I don't know if the team fell apart or the support didn't come through. Um, but you know, he's still kind of trying to trying to figure it out, and you know, obviously could use any help that he could get. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's he's a he's a great guy too. I mean, he's. He's truly, he's truly humble. He'll, you know, he won't go out there and say, you know, he's not the type that's going to say, "Oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win this." And even when he does, you know, he's very, he's very thankful for everything that's ever anybody who's ever helped him out. So, he's he's definitely a good guy. Yeah, cool. Um, it was a lot of fun to meet everybody this past weekend. Um, we got off our plane in Charlotte, and a guy came up to me. Um, and said, "Hey, I really like your mustache." I was like, "Oh, thanks, man." That, you know, and he was kind of like, "This may sound weird, but do you care if I take a picture with you?" And I was like, "I mean, no, I don't care." And he goes, "Because I had my red seat time shirt on and my red hat and everything." He goes, "All the red makes me think of Mario." And I was like, "Oh, dude, that's awesome!" And so he took a picture. He's like, "I just want to be able to post on fo- Facebook that I took a picture with Mario or something." So I was like, "Okay, cool, whatever." Um, and then. Uh, I don't know if this is bad or not, bolt on. Um, but uh, there was a girl at sign up. Her name was Brittany. You know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, and I, she's new. I really, I don't think I've ever talked to her until I think this weekend was the first time I've talked more than like three words to her. But she's she's new this year. Seems seems really nice from what I've seen so far. Yeah, uh, she uh, she took a picture with me too. It was funny. She goes, "So uh, are you offering any mustache rides?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, I would, but <laughs> my wife would be really pissed off at me." <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now now that you said that. I can go ahead and tell a story. Yes. Like I said, I'd never really, I'd never really talked to her until this weekend, and like I was picking up a guy to take to a checkpoint, to work a checkpoint, and I was kind of, kind of waiting around, waiting a few minutes, and uh, she came over to me and we were like just kind of talking real quick, and she's like, "How old are you?" I was like, "Uh, 24," and she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you're really cute. Anytime you want to hang out, just let me know." <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. It was just, it was so funny because it was just, it was really random. Just, just at random. Oh man! So what you're saying? If both of, if, if uh, either of us were in the mood, we probably could have just said, "Hey, what up?" <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'm, we might have been reading the situation wrong. I did walk away and ask Stephen. I was like, "Was she hitting on me?" He's like, "I don't know." I was like, "I don't either." I just. Kind of questioning it. I don't really know what to say on this one. <laughs> but your story's good too. Your story's good too. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was we had a lot of fun and um, we got to meet. Uh, so I finally got to meet Curtis, a cool dude that's been in the chat room. Um, gets to watch live a lot. His mother was really cool. Um, I got to talk with her. Ask her as a mom <laughs> what she thinks of the fact that her 17 year old son is a fan of the show and, and are we doing a good job? Not just for for us, but for you know for the youth of the sport and how much you know it's. You know, she was she was very uh, honest, which was great. So uh, you know, that kind of feedback is is the kind of stuff that can make this show better and would make us uh, you know do a little bit uh, more for the fans and make sure that everybody's getting a lot out of this show. Um, it was really neat. Uh, there's a kid, Hunter. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, 250A class. He his parents gave him for his birthday two uh, two weekends, two GNCC arrive and ride uh, packages. So he could go and race in the 250A class at some of the GNCCs. Uh, lives in New York though, so he can't. You know, it's too far for them to go to all those. Um, so that was really cool. This dude was fast, like, and it was funny because I think he was like 16 or 17 years old. You could just like, he didn't even really have a tight shirt on, but you could see all the muscles. And I was like really kind of afraid to stand. I mean, he was a super happy kid, always had a smile on his face, but he'd just stand there and he had these huge pec muscles. And I was like, oh my god, this kid's super strong. It was just kind of awkward. I don't know. Do you have pec muscles, Bolton? Were you hitting on him? Uh, I don't think. I mean, just no. a little. He's not eighteen. He's not eighteen. He's there not, you go. He's not eighteen. So no. Flex, flex for you. Yeah. Oh, look at my pecs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe flex my gut. Yeah, my six pack. That's, that's about it. We did yeah, get nice know, and drunk Friday night, though. I'm. I, you know what? I noticed that. When I came back, yeah, I kind of figured so. Wait, did I see you Friday night? <laughs> yeah, man, you don't remember that? Nope. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a good time. Apparently, Stu, uh, uh, let's see. Big Stu tried Friday. to take some pictures of me but couldn't figure out my camera. Friday, I left at like 8 o'clock. And went to some. Where did I get? Oh, we went and ate at some restaurant in Clinton, South Carolina, and then uh, went back to the hotel. And I fell asleep at like ten o'clock. 
See, I party, I party hard on these GNCC weekends, so I hope, hope everybody realizes that. Well, that's work for you, you know. I don't drink, you know. I, don't, I, I, I That was the third time this year that I've had any kind of alcohol, but it was just like I knew that I was in a safe place. I wasn't going to get myself in any trouble or do anything stupid. You know, I was out in the middle of nowhere, and I just, it was, you know, it was a good good time. To it was good, lose. yeah, that's a good it's a good place to do it for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do that on like a typical Wednesday night when I got to go to work the next morning and actually like be productive. <laughs> Why not? It's fun. No, do you have any idea how much it hurts to stare <laughs> at a computer screen with a hangover? Even the smallest uh, hangover makes that job suck. I do. I actually, I do know that. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'm do just... you know? Do you know how bad it sucks to set up a checkpoint with a hangover? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're just you're just bent over like sticking like putting wires and stuff like putting Ethernet cables together and then you like you stand back up and you're just like oh god see that's when you go and just put beer in your Camelback and you just go out there and keep drinking and just hair the dog well, that's that got, son of a bitch yeah that's got bad news all over it that's I mean I've already I've already towed one poor girl the wrong direction at Snowshoe last year. <laughs> We all got that story, and I was I was a hundred percent sober that day. <laughs> and I took actually I took a different girl, slightly the wrong direction for a lot shorter amount of time at Steel Creek this year because she was in just such a bad spot on top of one of the mountains. And there's just there's no way you can't you can't go off. It goes off this way almost straight off, and then it went off this way straight off. And I tried going out this way. The track went down here. And then when I went out the ridge this way, it dropped straight off. <laughs> so eventually I found an old trail that went way back. Basically, it went back to where we started at is what it did. So so what you're saying is we shouldn't trust you. 99% of the time you can trust me to tow you out, but try to break down somewhere that's not a bad location. Basically, if you're on top of a ridge somewhere... Push it, like, see if you can push it to the bottom. <laughs> see if you can coast it to the bottom. That's the best, your best bet. That way you don't have to drag us up the ridge or down the ridge? What's the point? It, it, well, if you're up on top, chances are you're parking down in the bottom somewhere. So, I go back to the bottom. So you're a bottom kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> while, while you're talking about Towing people out? How is it pulling UTVs out? You know, we came with, up with that. With wheels I, being off, and this just seems see, like more of a pain. It It is, yeah, it is. Um, we've got, we call them, we always just call them a, a tow truck, say a tow job. And basically, we've got, <laughs> it's basically like a winch that comes up off the back of the quad. It hooks on to like a, like a regular hitch. And it comes out and up, and it's got a winch up the top, and you crank it, and it basically can lift up the front or back end wherever the okay. wheel's broken. That way you can pull it. Yeah. Now doing that with a UTV on a quad, that does, it, it works, but it is so hard on the quad. So after Georgia this year, we actually have a new rule now that anything if you, if you rip the wheel off of it, you're getting towed with a dozer now. Wow! Because it'll—I mean, it'll—it just—it yeah. destroys a quad. Now you can, if you just like burn up a belt or just if you break something else and it can still roll. Yeah, as long I as can, you're I'll, rolling, I can still—I can still tow you with a quad. Oh. But I mean, I towed one up. He was basically—he was at the end of that really long road, 
So, I mean, it's like, that's like two miles. Yeah. It was basically, I basically towed him two miles, and part of it, it slants uphill most of the way. And actually, my quad got so hot that it went into limp mode. <laughs> it went into limp hole mode, just, just towing him up the hill. But when, it got, when I got to the top and it flattened out, it, it was a little bit better. It cooled off a little bit. But it was still, it wasn't until I got him back and dropped him off and let it sit for a minute that it went out of limp mode. It's just, towing towing those things, they're so heavy, it just, it's really hard on equipment. Yeah, we were talking with the guys at the UTV stuff. It sounds like it's tough, really tough to get, um, you know, a well put together UTV and have all the right parts so that shit doesn't break. Because uh, it sounds like there was a lot of those dudes just strewed out everywhere. Yeah, I mean it's it's and a lot of times it's not it's not their it's not really anybody's fault. It's just uh, it's just the nature of it. And ninety percent of the time, it is the right side front wheel that gets ripped off because you go and they'll go into a corner or something, and there's a tree, and they'll kind of misjudge this side, oh. and it'll just catch the tree and just rip it off. Oh, because they're on the left side, right? Yeah. Yep. The driver's on the left side, so they can't they can't see the right side as good. So it's like I said, ninety five percent of the time it's the it's the right front wheel. Well, as a as a passenger slash navigator, is there a way to try to look for that kind of debris and to say, you know, like hand signals or talk that's like don't go too deep into this turn because there's a tree that could rip off the front tire, like. Well, since our communications weren't working, uh, and he couldn't really see my hand signals, like when we were going back over footage when we got back to camp, he's like, "What? What the hell are you pointing pointing at?" I was like, "I was, I was like saying go that way," and you couldn't hear me, so I was like trying to point. <laughs> so unless you've got a communication system that works, I I don't know what good the copilot is gonna do. Yeah, you just long for the ride. Yeah, that's okay too, though. Wee. Yeah. <laughs> what What I've noticed on my end shooting the UTV races is the co-pilot is really good at waving out the window and yelling yeah. at me. <laughs> They're really good at that. Yeah. Definitely. I wish. I, I really, I'd like to get. I'd like to get all the footage and put together a, like a montage of just those, just like people riding by going, <laughs> "Woo!" Yeah, it is. It's it's an hour and a half roller coaster ride. So, hmm, it's interesting. Well, cool. Um, before we start kind of closing things up, I definitely want to say thank you to one of our other great uh, sponsors and supporters of Seat Time is Stillwell Performance. Um, if you guys are, think that you might need any kind of suspension work, if you have questions about suspension on your motorcycle or UTV, they do UTV suspension as well, um, you can call them up at their shop, or you can not shop, or you can go to their website, which is stillwellperformance.com. Um, definitely tell them that Seat Time sent you. It's kind of the same thing with Bolt-On. Um, if you call them up and when you reach out, tell them that you heard about them on the show, they do kind of have an in-house discount that they can give to you, um, and that obviously saves you money. Um, they do have a lot of parts as well that they produce, that they machine, uh, that they kind of, I don't know if invented is the right word. One of the uh, accessories that they did invent is the adjustable uh, guide, what is, adjustable linkage guide for, uh, originally for KTMs, but they do have them out now for Hondas and some other bikes. Um, drastically, or it can minutely change your head angle 
um, of your bike, which can drastically change the way that it feels and the way that it handles, which is good for sometimes if you're looking for that and don't just want to drop or raise your forks in the triple clamps. So definitely check that out, stillwellperformance.com. Uh, give them a call. Let them know that we sent you on over there. Um, Alan Stillwell is doing great things. He's worked on a lot of cool bikes, obviously with Cody Webb, Max Gersten, um, and now with Corey Buttrick doing the National Enduro Series because he is on the beta team, which he is. Uh, they do the suspension for him. So cool. We appreciate their support. We would like it if you would support them. So bolt on. Uh, what's next for you? Um, actually, this weekend I will be heading a whole hour away to Rod Sweep on Saturday at the Mid East Race at Antioch Speedway. It's actually a pretty cool place. You actually start and do kind of like some grass track type stuff. In the middle, it's actually a dirt track. Uh like a dirt car track. So uh, kind of right around the middle of it, right up uh, on the actual speedway, and then right around in the woods around it. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to go out there and ride a little bit of sweep on Saturday and uh, probably do nothing on Sunday. And then uh, next weekend, off to Indiana for the uh, Limestone 100 GNCC. Oh, yeah, that's going to be cool. So uh, how does that terrain change from uh, what we what we saw this past weekend? Uh, the limestone, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, like the limestone and the Ironman, they're both in Indiana, and a lot of people are like, okay, they're similar places, kind of fast and open. Actually, the limestone has a lot of rock. It's kind of, there's a few places where you're kind of down in some little valleys, and it's actually just really, really, really rocky. But that place is also a riding park, so there's like, 10 million different trails there, so I'm going to spend probably... I think the first year the first year we went to Limestone in 2012, on Thursday, I went around doing moose tape and arrows, and I blocked so many trails with moose tape. I think I started at like 8 o'clock, and I came back for lunch at noon, and I wasn't even halfway around the track. Goodness, there's just that many like, crossing... Yeah, there's just there's so many there's so many places you cross other trails. So, uh, but it's actually it's still a pretty good place. It's got a it's got a good flow to it. A little bit different than where we than stuff we're used to. So uh, it, it's good. Cool. Well, good luck to all of our KR4 uh, friends that we've now made. Um, it was cool to see all the little Utes if you will, out there with their families, uh, really uh, participating in the program and getting a chance to really. You know, be part of a huge team and a huge family of racers, riders, and just uh, enthusiasts. And it was really neat to see that. So good luck to all those guys, everybody that we got to meet. Thank you to everybody that came up and said hi to us this past weekend. We really appreciate that. It was very cool. Um, so, uh, Jared Bolton, what is your Twitter handle? What is it, just at Jared Bolton? Yeah, I keep it simple. Twitter, Instagram, at Jared Bolton. Don't, uh, don't church it up or anything. Uh, <laughs> basically, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all me and Instagram's the better one. It's a little more interesting, post some cool stuff here and there. Uh, but if you're not into the whole Instagram thing, Instagram pictures still get posted to Twitter <laughs> and every now and then, every now and then I still remember to put them on Facebook too. Yeah, I know. Steven was getting on me about that this past weekend. Yeah. He was like, whoosh, whoosh. It's like, yes, sir, yes, sir. I did have a pretty cool uh, Instagram picture yesterday. I made a new friend when I was cleaning up yesterday. Uh, oh, that snake? I was, 
I, I stopped at the top of the big hill climb, Ooh. and I was pulling. I was pulling a bunch of like moose tape and arrows and stuff, and uh, I walked back to the quad, and I'm like, "Oh look, uh, I got a stick wrapped around my rear axle." And I bend down, and I go to grab it. I'm like, "That's not a stick." This guy was like, he was up over the rear axle of the quad, and he was just kind of chilling there. I guess it was warm. Yeah. I guess he liked the warmth, and then so I was like, okay, well, I can't just pull away with him in there. It's just a black snake. I don't want to hurt him. So I went and got a stick, and I kind of pushed him out of there, and then my quad is actually the one that Barry rode last year, so, uh, you know, Barry rode it basically blazing some new trails, so there's a <laughs> hole in the floorboard of the quad. <laughs> Where he kind of broke part of it, and uh, the snake actually came up through the hole in the floorboard, and then like kind of curled up in the floorboard of the quad. So I had to chase him out of there too. It was it was pretty interesting. I've never seen anything like that. But uh, but yeah, I chased him away, took a picture of him, played with him a little bit, sent some Snapchat videos. I picked him up with a stick and Snapchatted it and <laughs> sent him about his way. I um, named him Henry. I named him Henry because the landowner at Big Buck, his name's Henry Turner. So. That's right. I do remember seeing that in the comments of the picture. Oh yep. my gosh, the the misadventures of Jared Bolton. I'm telling you, never know, never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I would have dropped my pants and dropped the poop in my pants and just run away screaming, regardless of the type well, of snake. Well, notice I said constantly said with a stick. I did not touch him with my hands at all, and I was not going to either. Yeah, I hear that. Well, cool. Well, you can find uh, Bolt On at all those fun places, of course, Seat Time. You can find us at SeatTime.co. That is the website where we archive all the all the sites and shows. And then, of course, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Seat Time. We are on Twitter. It is uh, at Seat Time underscore CO. Uh, we are on Instagram, Seat Time, one word, all lowercase, though I don't know if that part matters. Um, YouTube, you can find us there. Just search for Seat Time, Pipe Full of Awesome. All of our episodes are there. Um, we are even using their live events now. I don't know if you guys have noticed that we've switched over to YouTube. Hopefully things are going better for you guys. Um, we think they are. Um, so please let us know if everything seems to be working better for the live shows. Uh, definitely appreciate Jenny Taff for being on a little bit earlier. Bolt on you as well for uh, taking your Tuesday night and uh, hanging with us. If you ever get a girlfriend or boyfriend or anything, we're going to be screwed. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had that for a little while. But, man, I told her to kick rocks. Start kicking rocks. Oh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that's went, what happened. You, you know, what was even more awesome was I was like I was in Georgia for the GNCC, so I've been gone for like two weeks, and I was like, "Yeah, you're crazy." Well, you're a ginger. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. Well, stuff's just gonna get crazy. Uh, we will not have a show next week. Um, we've been going straight forward for a couple weeks now, so we're gonna take a little bit of a break. And we will be back in two weeks for sure, so we'll uh, have some Limestone uh, 100 coverage. I think it'll be a good time to get some of the guys back on. Um, I don't like to try to pester the, uh, the the riders too much to have them all on. That's why it's fantastic. And not only does uh, Bolton have great insight, but he's at all the races all the time. Good uh, back and forth, good dialogue, if you will, so I always enjoy having him on. Um, Steven, of course, got to kick it and hang out with all the UTV, Arrive and Ride, KR4 guys. Um, I, can, I can't say how awesome that program was enough um the video footage that we've got is going to be fantastic we are going to start working on that soon um so hopefully in the next couple weeks here we'll have that out we are do have our real jobs which is unfortunate um it'd be great to be able to just do that for a living but one day 
one day. So we'll have that out for everybody to see the the Woody and Steven uh, arrive and ride adventure and how all that went. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been Seat Time, episode 124. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks. And, uh, yeah, remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome.